706 on CJAD 800. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. How are you this week, Josh? Excellent. Now, we have a great show. I'm very excited because as a young entrepreneur myself, I always look to, to be inspired by others. And tonight's our first theme show on young entrepreneurs. And I like to think of myself as a young entrepreneur, even though I'm probably <laughs> the oldest one in the room. Uh, but absolutely, tonight's show is going to be rather different than the others. There's going to be similar themes and similar questions, but the reality is we have two guys in the studio, uh, and three including yourself, Dan, that have created experiences for themselves that have gone into their own business uh, as owners, uh, you know, below 30, and we're going to kind of hear how they've gone through there, you know, how they started up, what they're learning, what they would have done a little differently uh, had they had the knowledge today back a few years. So, before we get started, as we usually do, we should still learn what these two guys do uh, in their respective businesses. So uh, together we, we welcome uh, Dan Smajovitz uh, and Vinny Success. And I guess we'll, we'll turn to Dan first and say, Dan, Dan of your pie athlete management, um, tell us a little bit about what your business is. Well, my business is a sports agency and a family advising firm. We uh, represent professional athletes in uh, football, baseball, hockey, basketball, and we advise uh, amateur athletes and their families, uh, hopefully with the ultimate goal of uh, having them get an education. Excellent. And Vinny, Success Clothing. Tell us a little bit about what that does. Uh, basically, I'm a designer, and I started my own clothing line. It's uh, it's a skatewear, streetwear brand and uh, I uh, wholesale, I import and wholesale to the stores uh, here in Canada-wide and a bit overseas also. Now you guys, I mean, you, you obviously started a few years ago, but not too long ago. What brought you into your respective businesses? Uh, Vinny, what brought you into this business? Where was your background? My background is more like a, is in, more into graphic design. I was a designer, I used to work in uh, advertising and uh I never thought I was going to be in this field. I've always been in love with clothing and fashion, but uh, it was more like an accident. Uh, I started making t-shirts to promote my, my web design uh, aspect of, of my business, and then it, the whole t-shirt line picked up, but no one ever called me to get web design done. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just went organically towards the fashion, and I ended up uh, doing no designs at all now and all fashion now. But you realized that that was the better business opportunity. Well, it's more what I've always wanted to do. Um, I've always wanted to be a designer, but not just graphic designer. But to, I like stuff that you can touch, you can feel, and clothing is a perfect platform for me because people can wear it and you can actually touch and feel it. And it's more like a canvas that people walk around on their chest. And I think it's it's really what was different than doing prints or branding other businesses that uh, you, you don't get that, uh, I don't have to say it, but... You can't really touch and feel feel it. And Dan, Pie Athlete Management, how did you get into this or start this up? Well, you know, once upon a time, I actually spent more time in a radio booth as a journalist than I did in hockey rinks. But uh, I've been working in professional sports for about 10 years. I started off working in the CFL, then I went down to Tampa and worked in the NFL, then worked for the Canadians. And, uh, you know, uh, about almost going on four years, I was approached by... Uh, my savvy business partner uh, who brings the gray hair to the operation and uh, he had always the dream of working in professional sports and uh, I brought the practical experience he brought uh, some of the business savvy and together uh, we built this thing up from the ground you know one one of the things that you know we look at you and, and you look at I presume all the your suppliers and customers uh, and your your youthful appearances 
let's talk a little bit about respect. How did you gain respect or did you have to really bust your butt to get others to respect you and for for what you were able to offer? You know, uh, I think at first uh, respect is hard to come by when you're a young guy walking into a ring trying to approach a family. But uh, when they talk to you and they realize that, wow, this uh, kid worked in the NFL, he worked in the NHL, the CFL, the QMJHL, they realize that uh, he knows what he's talking about and uh, it's someone that they might want to listen to. Now, did you, the fact that you had a, a, a partner with you, I was about to say elderly, uh, a, a partner with a little bit more uh, maturity, did that help sell your ability to your customers? You know, it definitely did. When talking about education, uh, he wins, he is a CA, but he was also a licensed teacher. I think he taught from kindergarten to graduate school. So when you're speaking about college, NCAA, he uh, had all the answers and he knew where to, uh, to guide the, the families. Being the father of two as well, you know that his intentions were legitimate. And Vinny, do you have any, any influences like that? Someone that, that, that's helped guide you over the years, someone with more experience? In my clothing business, I think uh, the retailers uh, have a good relationship with my retailers, and they show me a little bit of how this business is doing and all that. Um, I think on the wholesale point of view, I kind of learned it on the way of doing there. I have a few friends who are sales rep here and there. They kind of show me when I started how this business works, how the calendar works. and But I think... Uh, from generally speaking, I really learned while I was doing it. And it's truly a cutthroat business. I mean, the be in the clothing, the the wholesaling clothing, and building a brand. Did you was it difficult for people to respect your ability and what you could offer them? I think at first, uh, when while I was working for other people, I didn't feel respected. That I would get very low wage. They would make me work overtime, make me wash uh, the refrigerator, take out the trashes, and all that. And at one point, I remember, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be on my own. Then I got out of this circle. It's a little bit harder when you first start to get respected, especially of what I look. Uh, I am. It's the, radio. It's okay. Uh, yeah, people great. don't see me, but I am the sneaker-wearing baggy jeans guy and the toque and hats-wearing guy. But in this business, I think over seven years, I proved that I did what a lot of people wish they could do, and I've set the place where... It's pretty solid right now. So my the people in the industry, they respect what I've built. But when you don't know me, and then sometimes I go to the bank, and they don't even know that it's my bank account, and they ask me for IDs, you know? I was going to ask you, did you have an experience where you walked into a bank for financing, and they look at you and kind of not sure what they should do? It happens to me every day, like, uh, because, again, because of what I look, I wear what I sell. I sell stuff to the kids, to the skateboard and snowboard industry. So it's sometimes hard to get serious, to get taken seriously by other people. And it happens to me on an everyday basis, whether I go to buy a car or to go to the bank or whatever. But this is the type of stuff that motivates me to outperform myself and then just prove all these people that success is the best revenge. And it, it happened to me... Every day, just this week, you know, I went to buy a car and no one, the uh, dealer didn't take me seriously. I left and went to buy a car at the dealer next door, you know. So this is the, the stuff that really pushes me forward. Do you go back to the other dealer and say, huh? <laughs> no, but I'll probably go back and then show them my new car. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, same question to you. Do you, do you find that uh, at times you have been taken seriously, particularly in, in your business, very competitive? You have international conglomerates that are in the same business as you are. How do you, how do you, how do you sort of wedge yourself in there? Well, I think as Josh mentioned with the word cutthroat, it's uh, an, an agency is something that uh, everybody wants to get into it and every athlete wants to be represented, but they want to be represented by the best. And uh, they all think that uh, there's a Jerry Maguire out there that will uh, 
represent them and you know we're trying to you know forge our own way into this by relationships and we've lost some clients to some really big firms out there we've also stolen some clients from some big firms just because you know personal relationships they've heard about us from friends and from teammates and uh, they like what we do they like how we work and uh, I respect a lot of agents out there because there are a lot of really good guys but there are also a lot of guys out there that uh, will go in the back door and uh, do some shady things and you know Dan there's there's so much that can be learned by by you guys in under 30 and your perseverance. I mean, there's many areas that we're going to cover. We've we've covered a little bit of respect. We're going to look at, you know, who you guys look up to as far as mentors go uh, a little bit, how you kind of operate your business with pricing. And I, I think there's so much can be learned by the the initiative and in, intuitiveness of, of you, even with maybe a few less years of experience and a few less years of, of gray hair. I'm looking forward to continuing that conversation in a moment. 720 on CJD 800, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you on today's Entrepreneur. And uh, for our Entrepreneurs Under 30 special, Dan Smadjovitz is with us of Pi Athlete Management and Vinny Success of Success Clothing. And uh, Josh, shall we get into uh, uh, t- outside outside mentors? Let's put it that yeah, way. I would think advisors. I mean, you know, when, when, you're, when you're coming out of school, you're so young. I mean, people have advisors and mentors throughout their entire experience, but I would look to the two of them and say, you know what, at your, you know, at the youthful age, there's probably a good one or two people that you really rely on to bounce ideas or kind of, you know, just say, am I, am I going in the right direction? And I don't know, Vinny, perhaps you can start, uh, who's your mentor or advisor that you use? Well, when I need advice, I think, uh, I don't want to go in my own business to reach out to these people because uh i don't want them to know too much about my business so i go within my my own family to but they don't really know my business so it's more like a a general advice kind of a relationship my dad helps me a little bit but um when i really need inspiration and stuff like that i look up to what other big brands owners are doing but uh in this business right now it's a bit tough because the the clothing business in Montreal, especially in the skatewear, is very um, tough, and people are not always nice to each other. So it's not the right people to go and ask tips for sometimes. But some of them are very helpful, and when I think right now, I try to stay within my own family. Excellent, Daniel. You know, I I would reach out to uh, my network, and especially you know working across so many different sports, different platforms. I've met a lot of different athletes and a lot of former colleagues who uh, have experienced many more situations than I have to this point. So I would send them a message, give them a call, and uh, in fact, former athletes is what inspired me to get into the business because. I they told me bluntly where their agents screwed up and where they didn't like their agents and I thought I can correct that. I don't know how come he didn't see that, but I could do it differently. And that's what uh, got me going. Vinny, you meant you quickly mentioned competition before and kind of keep tabs and that gives you inspiration. Do you do you really look at your competition on a daily basis, see what they're doing, try to do something a little bit different? How much does your competition affect how you operate? Um I'd say my comp- my big competitors are not local, so most of them are from, let's say, California and uh, New York. And, of course, I always look up what they're doing on a daily basis. They post a lot on, on their Twitters, Instagram, and like and everything. And it's funny because this weekend I had the chance to meet the guy that I look up to. His name is, is Nicky Diamonds, the owner of uh, Diamond Supply Co. And it's, it's the biggest skatewear brand in the world right now. And I had to ask him a few questions about how to grow my business and 
he gave me a really some really good tips. And right now, uh, the competition locally, there's I'm I compete with the U.S. market more than the local market right now. And interested to hear what Dan has to say about pi athlete management. When we come back from the break, we'll hear what his competition has. Today's Entrepreneur on CJD, 723. 726 on CJD, we're back uh, for our Entrepreneurs Under 30 special, Dan Smadjevitz of Pi Athlete Management and Vinny Success of Success Clothing. Uh, we're talking to, about Vinny um, with the uh, with regards to his competition. And uh, Dan, let's uh, throw that over to you. How do you deal with competition in, uh, in an industry that's uh, particularly cutthroat? Very cutthroat. And, uh, you know, we deal with it by uh, being a little bit different. Uh, you know, uh, what we offer to our families is our relationships. And uh, we firmly believe that, you know, if we're building a strong relationship with the, the parents and the athlete, we're talking amateur uh, athletes as well as with the uh, professional athlete, you know, just befriending them, you know, it really gives us a leg up on the competition because they see us not as uh, someone they're working for or working with, but they see us as a friend. And uh, our firm also, you know, we try and do it a little bit differently. We have the in-house accounting, in-house legal team. Other agencies farm it out. But uh, truth of the matter is the competition is everywhere. I go to a rink on the weekends. I see a dozen agents lining up to see 13-year-old kids. It's a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit, uh, I forgot the word. Suspect. Suspect. That's a good word. <laughs> you know, you, you, meant, you say a, a very interesting word, relationships. You know, some people don't get that some people just don't get that concept so early in their entrepreneurial career you you it sounds like you get it that that's an important factor you know it, it's very important because you know i look at these athletes i mean i'm 28 years old so a lot of them are my age and a lot of them uh, the younger ones uh you try to develop a relationship with them because you want them to look up to you you want to work with them you want to grow with them for uh, many more years uh if you don't have their relationship then you're like other agents out there who treat their clients, for lack of a better term, like a piece of meat. And I don't want that. I want them to look at me and they want to trust me because coming into this thing, they don't trust me. I don't trust them. But you want to grow together. Vinny, we say the word relationship. What does that mean to you? Uh, relationships is everything. Uh, without network, without relationships, uh, I'm just a guy printing T-shirts in his basement. And when I started, I knew that was the key of, to open doors. I don't know if I should say this because I feel like a creep, but I would look on Facebook where the store owners would go and I would just appear and then be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm here. I'm the guy from Success. And then doing, doing it's like lobbying. Did that for like two years. Started to getting known people. And then when I go and meet them finally to present my line, it's like, oh, yeah, you're that creeper from two years ago, you know? <laughs> it's just pounding the pavement like yeah. everybody used to do. Yeah, but you know, it works. It absolutely works. You know, one thing, you know, it's all about service and you have your relationships, but I have no doubt that when we're talking competition and people are looking at both you and your and your business's competition, pricing has got to come into play. How did you determine pricing when you first got into this business, Vinny? Well, my strategy was to mark up about 10, 15% lower than the competitors, but offer a greater quality product. So at the end of the day, uh, I'm making less margins on the products, but I offer a client a better product for less, which makes them happier, makes especially the moms happier because they most a lot of my, my clientele is young. They shop with their moms and uh, it's really based on volume. So let's say uh, a sweatshirt, 
usually sells for $70, $80. I give a really, really good sweatshirt for $60, $60 and then people like, like it. Excellent. Daniel, quickly, what are your thoughts on pricing? You know, pricing in the industry, you know, some agents charge a flat fee for certain services, some a commission, and it's pretty much standard throughout. So uh, we really couldn't be too high or too low, but we didn't want to devalue our brand by, you know, charging 50% less because, you know, we're offering, we feel, and we know is a superior service because we're working harder for them. Excellent. And when we come back after the break, Dan, two young guys in Montreal. Why Montreal? Why do they stay here? Great question, Josh. 7.36, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and it's a special tonight, Entrepreneurs Under 30, and with us in studio, Dan Smadjovitz of Pi Athlete Management and Vini Success of Success Clothing. And I can hear all the entrepreneurs out there, and all the parents of of young entrepreneurs, saying, well, guys, is schooling important? Nobody's going to run out of school just to go start their own business. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I'll turn to you guys, uh, maybe Daniel first, and say, how important was, was schooling for you and your choice of business? I think schooling is vitally important. That's why I preach it to a lot of uh, or the majority of the athletes, because you know you want to present yourself in the proper manner, and you learn how to do that by education, by educating yourself. And uh, I'm a journalist by trade. I have a journalism degree, so you don't have to be a lawyer or an accountant to become an agent, but uh, you do have to know how to comport yourself properly and how to act in a professional manner. And I learned that in school. You got to know how to talk. Exactly. <laughs> so that people listen and people trust you. Yeah, like I hope they listen now. <laughs> exactly. Vinny, how about you? Was, was, was school important for what you're doing today? I think the school was very important. Uh, I studied graphic design in Hansik College, which taught me the power of branding, the power of a, of a logo. And then I went to uh, did communication at UCAM after, which taught me how to, to really spread my message properly. Uh, I'm working fashion today in business. I didn't go to fashion and business school, but these schools kind of turned my way around and I ended up here. And I don't think I would be here without those, those, that schooling. Speaking of here, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Josh, this is the only political-ish question of the night, but why, why stay in Montreal? Because so many young entrepreneurs you know, either go to Toronto or go elsewhere for, for lack of opportunity. Why did you guys decide to stay here? Dan? Well, uh, simple reason. The love of my life, Lauren, lives in Montreal, so I had to stay here. All right, good reason. But uh, <laughs> more seriously, uh, you don't find many hockey players in Florida, although mm -hmm. I'd love to be by the beach. Uh, we live in Montreal. Hockey is the bread and butter around here. So uh, if I want to uh, start a successful business, i got to do it where uh, the players are and where the athletes are. You Vinny? Uh, I think as I understand the Quebec uh, market very well, I understand what people are looking for. We have a very particular uh, scene because of skateboard and snowboard. And especially because of the, the rent here is much lower than in the U.S., so people can afford much bigger stores, which for me gives me much bigger sections also. So the stores that I sell to now compared to some boutiques in the the U.S. are like Walmarts compared to, to these stores. So it's very hard uh, outside of Quebec to have these kinds of surfaces also. Now, starting a business, there's a lot of people that, you know, entrepreneurs that have to figure out how to manage their cash flow. They're starting up. They're they're trying to make ends meet. They may or may not take a salary at the beginning. Was was cash flow learning to manage your cash flow an important aspect when you started your business, Daniel? Yeah, I would say it definitely was. You know, when we first sat down to map out our first year, we thought, well, great, we have a professional athlete playing in Italy. Let's go visit him uh, twice during the season. But we realized that just wasn't worth it for us or we couldn't afford to fly out there twice. So you have to uh, manage your expectations, realize what you have to do and invest your money, put your money in the proper places to uh, grow your business long term. Vinny? 
Yeah, it was very difficult. Uh, I've been in business for seven years. I think the first two years I made no money, so I had to work elsewhere and to put that cash flow back inside the company. And then the two next years was was starting to break even and stuff. And I would be just stupid with my cash and get a big paycheck and go buy a TV, you know. And then after that, I started getting mature and then started working better with my cash and, and reinvested uh, smartly in the company. Did you guys ever hit a point where you said, maybe it's not worth it? Maybe I should find something else to do? Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Vinny? I did. There was a point after my between my third and fourth year, I couldn't handle it more. wasn't making any money. I was branding other people's project to feed mine that doesn't make money. I applied to two jobs. I don't. Maybe I should not name them, but I applied at Nike to be a sales rep, and I applied at uh, New Ad, and I got refused for both because they thought I was asking for too much. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not even that much. And I realized, okay, I'm not meant to be working for other people if you don't don't even want to offer offer me this salary and then i just kept going and today is like uh it was the best decision i've ever made daniel ever ever hit a point where you thought maybe you got to do something else or at least not on your own you know there are a lot of ups and downs in the industry a lot of uh, athletes will leave you they'll fire you and they'll hire you uh, the next day uh, but you know there were some times that uh, I did doubt myself, but in the end, when you tell an athlete, oh, we just got you a job overseas or we got you into the school you really wanted to go to, that makes it all worth it. So, uh, you know, it's worth it for those ups. And as you think back over the last few years since you started, with the with the knowledge you have today, which is certainly more than the beginning, is there anything, is there any major lesson or something you would have done totally differently thinking back? Yeah, you know, I think I try to impart a little too much of myself in my clients. I try to uh, push them towards the States, go to NCAA, get yourself a degree because, yes, I'm going to fall back on uh, for after hockey. And I still firmly believe in that for everybody. But I realize my marketing in Quebec, a lot of the players wanted to turn professional at age 16, 17, play major junior hockey, which, of course, makes them ineligible for the States. So I should have catered more to their needs and to what they wanted. And that probably would have given me a little bit more of an edge today. But uh I'm uh, growing and uh, we're building that side of the business. Lessons always still to be learned. Vinny, how about you? Is there anything you would have done differently? Yeah, this weekend, like I said, I met Nikki Diamond and I asked him for advice. He told me, you got to understand this business. And I wish I understood this business within the first three years better. Uh, meaning that uh, when you start a clothing line, you think I'm going to make 12 t-shirts of each color, each size, and then try to sell it after which in reality, what people do is they pre-book and then I'm going to go into the store, I'm going to sell it first. And then after that, you, you, you produce it. Then you get stuck with no inventory after. And I, I understood that after only like four, four or five years. And then it really changed my whole perspective on, the, on this industry. Back to the lessons of cash flow that we spoke about earlier. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Marketing. Now you guys have very different products and services. What's worked best for you from a marketing standpoint uh, or maybe what's worked the least well. Dan? You know, the thing that works best is word of mouth. Uh, I can't, you can't be happier when you get a call from a parent saying, we heard your name from somebody else. You got their kid into school. You got, he's a professional athlete. You got him a gig overseas. Now do the same thing for us. And that's the best way to go about it. We have a Twitter account. We have a website. But the truth of the matter is they hear the story from us. They hear it from other people. That's what counts. And you have a partner. Do you guys, you know, agree on your, how you market your service or product? You are two different generations. 
were uh, very different, uh, but uh, we do agree just because he realizes the importance of the referrals, the importance of other people uh, referencing us to other uh, to to other clients, to hopefully prospective clients. Uh, while he does follow us on Twitter, he's not an active tweeter, <laughs> and I don't think he has Facebook, but uh, maybe one day we'll get him on board. Soon enough. How about you, Vinny? From a marketing standpoint, what's worked for you? Well, my clientele is uh, are a bit younger. They're really into social media, so I really use social media to, to my best advantage. And I think uh, what I do is I engage conversations with them. Uh, instead of a newspaper, you just read the news. I'd rather have start topics and ask them questions. They answer, I reply, and they really feel engaged in this brand. And sometimes, like I think last uh, last season, I asked them which color do we want to see for fall, and they picked burgundy. We made burgundy this season, and it's like it's a crazy. It's a, it's just fast selling. So I, I really like to touch the people with my story and and um, talk to them directly. Excellent, thank you. You know, Dan. Certainly, social media is is what I expected to hear from them, and I think when we come back, and it's it's been great stories, and we learned so much. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about social media and marketing. Yes, uh, communications expert Stephanie Darsh will be here from Full Orlando, so we'll talk more about uh, marketing online and Facebook and Twitter. It's 7.50, welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and Full Orlando's Josh Miller with you. It's our Young Entrepreneur Special, uh, Entrepreneurs Under 30, with Dan Smadjevitz of Pi Athlete Management, Vinny Success of Success Clothing, and we also bring into the conversation uh, Stephanie Darwish of Full Orlando, also young. And uh, we're going to talk about, about the web marketing aspect. Just uh, reminding me how old I am around this table. Sorry, you're still the senior member of the WB yeah. group so far. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so let's talk a bit about uh, marketing, and particularly marketing online. I yes, oh, I wanted to talk about Twitter specifically today, and I know that's spoken about a lot. But um, in a conversation with Daniel before the interview today, we talked about Twitter and how he uses it, and it kind of sparked a lot of ideas. And then I found this really great report on branding and Twitter and what Twitter really does for brands and how brands can make the most of Twitter. And are there, is it difficult? I mean. Can people easily get on Twitter? Are there any rules you should follow, content or otherwise? <laughs> yes, good question. <laughs> there's a there's a few not rules, but I think that first uh, the study that I'm, I'm talking about comes from Salesforce.com, and it was released about eight months ago, and it spoke about how of all of the social media platforms out there, Twitter isn't so much uh, a tool for conversation because you always hear uh, join the conversation hashtag CGAD or hashtag Fuller Landau, but Twitter for brands is really a way to amplify your brand since uh, 78% of engagement for Twitter on brands is retweets, which is, we know what retweets are when we click the button and it sends it to all your other followers. So what are you trying to say? It's one big pyramid scheme? It's Yes. <laughs> Get in on top or you're going to pay a lot of money. Um, no, I guess it's more of a way for your name to get out there to many people. And what's interesting is when to tweet versus Facebook or uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn or anything is, is different. And I, this goes against everything I ever thought. And I actually learned something today. And I often think that I know things, but I learned something today that for Twitter, regardless of industry, weekends are the best time to tweet. And it's a 17% increase if you tweet on the weekend. For fashion, actually, if you tweet on a Wednesday or a Thursday, it's almost bad for you. But if you tweet oh, on wow. a weekend, it's way better. And the idea is... I think people are out there shopping and thinking about their brands. But for sports, weekend, yes. And then Mondays, because people want to talk about the games on the weekend. Hmm. Monday Night Football. Makes sense. Exactly, exactly. So 
something I learned a little bit today. Our guest, Dan Smadjewitz of Pi Athlete Management, Vinny's Success of Success Clothing. It's our Young Entrepreneur Special. And uh, Stephanie Darwish is here from Photo Landau to talk about uh, social media and marketing. And uh, we're focusing on Twitter, which... Uh, which, which I think is the most effective social network, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, sometimes I, f I, sometimes I don't feel that way, but then I get back into it. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter because it is the most, I find the most involved network to be on because it's, it, the timeline is by time and not by engagement. So you have to constantly be in it and I constantly have the alerts and it's sometimes I just have to close everything because I can't get anything done. So for an entrepreneur, they really need somebody, if they don't have time to do it themselves and they want to, they yes. really want to, tweet their business they got to have somebody dedicated to it yes or they have to make it part of their day-to-day -day lives like phones obviously help the situation immensely because you can do it wherever you are and another interesting thing is while it's important to stay engaged and everything um there is an inverse relationship between how many tweets you do a day and engagement so the optimal time is like two to four tweets a day max with one being the best but anything above four tweets, you actually are in a decline, and it's actually bad for your brand, which I think we all assume, but interesting to see the number about it. Because people just get annoyed with the constant... Just, it's too much. Like, okay, we know. So what about content? Is, is the type of content important for Twitter? Apparently so, like anything. Uh, a tweet with a link in it or with an image link in it uh, always has higher engagements. Tweets with hashtags, but not too many hashtags, because you don't want to be a teenager or <laughs> or whatever so uh keep your hashtags to one or two and then uh you can actually ask for retweets and apparently only one percent of brands do that but if you ask for the retweet and actually spell out r-e-t-w-e-e-t -E -E then people do it and it helps your brand Vinny, does it take up a lot of time when you're tweeting or facebooking do you find that that's eating up time that you would otherwise spend elsewhere well, people who know me is gonna are gonna tell you Vinny is always on his phone, always updating this and that, and uh, it is time consuming, but uh, it is part of my recipe, and I I want to keep my people updated and engaged with everything that's going on. It's like just yesterday I tweeted a pic of hey I ran into this girl across the street wearing a t-shirt, and well of course she was hot, and then <laughs> I don't know, but it just the engagement went super viral because of. It was random, she was good looking, and the shirt was there. So it's just part of uh, what I do on an everyday basis. So, so keeping that in mind, and as we come down to the last minute or so of the show, kind of look to you guys to, in your, in your youthful experience, but very important experience, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? Daniel? Well, if I can give a couple, uh, the first thing is that uh, I'm a journalist, a PR professional, an agent. I've reinvented myself a couple times and uh, you shouldn't be afraid to have new experiences and uh, learn new things because it can only help you out further in life. And, uh, you know, just going on what uh, Vinny said, you know, sometimes a little bit is too much because I was in Peru in the summer and I was on my phone constantly. And you can put the phone down, you can tell a client, you know, I will uh, get back to you later. You know, I like to give 24-7 service, but sometimes if it's 23-7 or 22-7, it's okay. Vinny? Uh, my advice would be, um, I think network is everything. Uh, what made me, what made my dream possible is because I got, I, I met a lot of people who could help me go forward. I met a lot of store owners. I met a lot of brands and I think network is more than half of my business because otherwise, like I said, I would be just the guy printing shirts in his basement and then selling to no one. So I think networking, networking and being a stalker and try to <laughs> meet people <laughs> where they go out, not too creepy, but still a good method to do it a targeted entrepreneurial stalker it's very different yeah.
Dan, the quick takeaway I'll ta- I get from this and, and just listening to the two guys is they're just genuine. And be true to yourself. It's kind of a little corny, but they are exactly who they are. They're they're not fake. They they don't pretend to be somebody else with other people. They just believe what they do. They're genuine, and that's what comes off well. And that's where I, I think the the trust factor develops between all the people that are around them. Like many entrepreneurs, I feel like they 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 envisioned their best case scenario and just went after it. Yeah. And so, congrats to you guys, uh, Dan Smadrovitz of Pi Athlete Management and Vinny Success of Success Clothing. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Stephanie Dowers, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Josh, we're back in two weeks' time. 